0: tele-award-winning podcast, coming at you like Armageddon's Harry Stamper, gleefully pleading temporary insanity, not trying to kill anyone, just looking to take a foot off, because a man can work with one foot. I am Ryland Grant, screenwriter, Ringo award-winning creator of fine comics like Aberrant, Van Jackson, now Fa-Shang Origins. The other voice in the dark, the man on the box to the left is...
1: Uh, David Avalone, comic book guy... Writer, uh, afternoon wine drinker. Apparently,
0: nice. I love it. If you missed any of our previous conversations episodes featuring comic luminaries like David F. Walker, Matt Fraction, Stan Sakai, Kevin Eastman, Rodney Barnes, and many, many more, our entire catalog can be celebrated via YouTube, uh, iTunes, and other purveyors of worthwhile ear cracks. So double on back and check it all out. But we have a cool show today. I'm excited about it. Why don't we? Uh, uh, I guess before we bring him on, uh, I haven't talked to you in like two weeks, buddy. What's what's going on?
1: uh you know i'm in the classic showbiz everything is great and i'm broke and waiting for things to land
2: (laughs) no but it's good
1: it's uh i got some very good news today that you know in a month i'll be able to talk about it in public and maybe the check will be signed and um but i'll tell you about it off air and uh all that writing some fun stuff i'm working on a working on some material on a franchise I've wanted to work on for a long time. Also top secret, but we'll talk about that later. And, uh, and yeah, no, I'm uh, since this will be in the, since we're recording for the future last weekend, I did an appearance at we can be heroes in Chatsworth. I'm looking forward to it. And also saying right now that it went great. Nice. Let's just say that, that it went great. And May 20th, 17th Elvira in Monsterland, number one drops the uh, the all Dracula issue. It's a Vlad, 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 Vlad world uh, will be in your comic book stores on uh, May 17th. So go pick that up.
0: Nice. Go what have you show. been up to, sir? You know, still pitching the TV show, having all the network conversations. So that's been going well. Uh, my daughter and I met Mr. T about a week ago um got i saw that Sina. on the
1: socials that looked amazing yeah,
0: yeah 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 hop on over to my instagram and check out some pictures it was a a lifelong dream one of my all-time favorites um you know i had to say afterwards many it's like I,
1: many fools many fools were pitied so many day. fools were pitied um yeah uh
0: you know so I, I i hung out with carl weathers for a day i hung out with patrick stewart for a day i got to go and hang out with mr t with my daughter uh i think i've met all my heroes now um so i yeah. don't know uh you know i don't know maybe um maybe that bucket list is done and i can i can die happy now so uh hopefully not too soon
1: <laughs> move on to move on strange. to me. make make new yeah. heroes but new we heroes.
0: Di- yeah but we digress uh let's let's bring yes. our guests they're they're, they're more
1: interesting than yes out, so yeah and gentlemen brian and blake hello thanks hey, for now. joining us gentlemen oh, it's howdy, a howdy. pleasure to see you
3: oh man it's so cool thank being you. on <laughs> this is this is pretty uh pretty amazing getting to chat with you guys i feel like i got oh, my work cut you. out L- listen to your guys' like intros and everything these guys are clearly writers like these, <laughs> these guys are just so they know how to talk good <laughs> yeah, so, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I just i just crib
0: quotes from armageddon it, 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 oh, it, okay. does, it does pretty well
3: <laughs> it works i knew works. that was from
1: armageddon but i gotta tell you i do not remember that scene okay I have only been able to make it. I have only been able to make it through all of Armageddon once. It's, it's, and uh, I, I, well,
0: Armageddon is awesome. So let's not start a fight here. Uh, incredible <laughs> movie. Don't I, I? I don't. You know, I don't want this to turn into fisticuffs. Yeah, every every significant
4: I, other I've ever had, I I use animal crackers and foreplay now. Nice. Uh, yeah. that, that taught me that and it, it worked i'm but, single but, but it's worked in the past yeah. so, <laughs> so, so
0: so so bruce willis catches uh uh you know ben affleck aj in bed with his daughter Liv tyler and uh right. on the oil on the oil rig and, just, and and goes blind with rage and starts chasing him around the oil rig in the middle of the fucking you know south china sea right they shot with a shotgun and and, and he's shooting right. at him but, but not hitting him and, and Steve Buscemi says, like, you know, you know, Harry, like, you know, this is, you know, you're you're trying to murder the kid. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not trying to kill him. I'm just trying to take a foot off. <laughs> he's like, a man can work with one foot, you know, uh, sure, there, there's, sure. there, there, yeah, there, there's a line after that, that's something along the lines of, you remember Crazy Willie worked all those years with one hand. And 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 then, uh, you know, and then uh, and then somebody says, I don't remember who was like, yeah, but he wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> <You're right. laughs> anyway great, great scene uh, go back and watch uh, it it's the opening you don't have to look too far but uh
1: i don't yeah. think i made it to the final cut but i was at one point in the other asteroid movie that summer oh,
0: uh deep impact, deep impact? I, yeah, yeah I'm, i am at some one.
1: i'm in at least i was in one scene as a nasa scientist and i think it got, it got cut out Nice. Uh, which is what, sad. What, 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 I would love yeah. to, I should get that DVD and look at the deleted scenes because Robert Duvall hugged me and I wish I had that piece of film to show. Here's yeah. Robert Duvall hugging me for no apparent reason. What um, what, what, a,
0: what a great fucking summer. Not, not just one, but two asteroids are going to, yeah. uh, are, are going to hit the earth movies. And, and um, sure. yeah, yeah. Pr- pretty interesting. But you know, I mean, it all came, I mean, that whole phenomenon came from in 1996, I think it was, uh, mm-hmm. uh a comet hit Jupiter. Um and right. then everybody freaked the fuck out and they're like, Holy shit, this is a thing we have to worry about. Um <laughs> that was and so,
1: Hail yeah. Bop, I think. Hail
0: Bop uh, I I don't think Hail Bop was Hail Bop was the cult thing. I I don't think that actually hit uh Jupiter. Uh oh, okay. Um, hellbot H- Bot was there the comment that, that, you know, that, that, cult thought that there was a spaceship behind it mm-hmm. and, 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 they were coming to, yes. to, to, to sort of take all those, As one does. And the yeah. rest of us were going to perish in fiery, you know, awfulness. Sure. Um, yeah, but, but, but two great movies. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, yeah, I, I, I loved them. I was actually, it was my, my summer in LA when I was working for Oliver Stone and, on the weekends, I worked at the Avco General Cinema in Westwood Village, which is, you know, nice. back then really premium theaters, and we had Armageddon. And so, uh, so Michael Bay would stop in and look in on the theater of and, uh, you know, shook his hand a couple of times and, uh, you know, some good stories there. But anyway, I digress so, again. So. <laughs> we haven't even introduced the guest yet.
1: Brian, why don't you tell the kids at home a little bit about yourself?
3: Ah, man, I'm Brian Wayne. I host the Cheers to Comics podcast. Going a little over four years now, um, and I've I've had the honor of having you both on my show, so definitely <laughs> helped with all that. I Appreciate that. Um, and I've also dabbled in the the world of uh, um, online retailing as well, as far as comic books go. So I'm just trying to get everything, use every means I can to get comic books in people's hands. So, I'm um, nice. That's that's what I do. Nice, and Blake.
4: Um, yeah, my name is uh, Blake, and I run Blake's Buzz, a, a comic book media suite. Uh, I review comics. I have a podcast. I do live streams, and I'm recently doing the YouTube Shorts because that's what everybody's telling me to do. Uh, and it, it's really annoying because um, I talk a lot, and doing things in one minute is hard. Uh, but I've been doing this for about actually, I just celebrated my two year anniversary. Blake's Buzz launched two years ago, March 25th. Um, well, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, about a month after. But yeah, so um, actually, uh, I just. Yeah, I I talk about comics all the time.
0: Yeah, and, and so a little um you know, a little background on this. I mean, uh, Avaloni and I are trying. You know, we're always looking for new spins on shows and whatnot, and we have a lot of creators on. Um, we do have media members on. I think not enough, and so that was you know that was something that that Avalone really has really pushed for. I think, but um, I mean, it, here's the thing. I just did a Kickstarter, and and if I have a new book coming out, if I have Kickstarter going out, you know, I have my my handful of uh, of media outlets that I like to go to. Um, you know, Brian and Blake are, are, you know, usually my first two calls. Um, I think they're great at what they do. I think their shows are amazing. Um, I, I, you know, if you've, I, I have done literally a thousand interviews in my life. Right. And and ninety of them have been exactly the same. <laughs> 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 uh, that, 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 that's maybe an oversimplification, but you know, you, you, you get the, you get the same questions and you cover the same territory and every time I go on on their shows, um, we end up—you know—I mean this as a compliment—like so far out in a corner somewhere, <laughs> in the best way. Um, and they pull really interesting stories out of me. Um, and there's this incredible back and forth. And it, they're just really good at what they do. Um, and and so I I wanted to have them on to talk about what they do. They're also reviewers. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Brian has, has written some, uh, you know, some, some, uh, great reviews and, 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 Blake, you know, I, I've said this before, I think Blake has written, you know, maybe the two best reviews I've ever read about one of my comic books. Um, uh, you know, I think that there was one suicide jockeys review that I thought was actually better than suicide jockeys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically just telling people, go read that review. You don't even have to read the comic book. It's uh, the, the review is more entertaining than the actual book is. So, um, <laughs> So anyway, uh, I have been on your shows several times and you have been great to me. And so, you know, I wanted to uh, get you on and, and I, you know, I know David has his relationships with, with you guys also, but um, but it was important to me to, to have this conversation and get you guys on and find another excuse to,
3: you know, chop it up with you guys. Well, yeah. Thank you. Was- I appreciate it definitely like it, it was cool to get that call Max I mean like you guys were saying in the beginning some of the names that you've had on this show mm-hmm. and then you know, like what the fuck am I doing here but <laughs> <laughs> at the same time it's 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 pretty awesome you know getting some some sort of recognition from the people that you know I I admire like that's part of like that's kind of the, like the selfish reason I got into this is because I want to have an end to talk to the people that I admire and it seems to be working because i mean here i am you know on a, on a whole different uh platform now talking mm-hmm. to two people that i greatly admire so thank you thank you yeah brian. no it's, it's, it's it really is awesome <laughs> being here yeah, well, yeah no, well
1: and that's a that's a that's a good entree to what i what we wanted to talk about is like wh- how did you start and what made you start let me start with you brian because you were sort of hinting around like what like what were you when you said you've been doing it like four yeah, yeah years, I, I, I guess about four
3: and a half years now. Yeah, so I four and a half years so ago, where were you at, and what made you make leave? Well, so four and a half years ago, I was, uh, yeah, well, back up maybe five and a half years ago, I decided to quit my job. I was working up in the casinos. I was a big shot, and I I, I hated it. I hated it so much, and I had recently found comics again. But I, I, I fell hard for him and I, I I wanted I wanted to have my name in this industry in some way, shape or form. Um, I just so happened to have come by a, a writer that was looking for someone that was willing to, you know, do a comic book for free. And I was like, well, I don't know how. I mean, it's been years since I've drawn. I doodle. He's like, no, but believe me, we'll we'll work this through. We'll get it um fast forward about a year i decided i didn't really like working with writers all that much no offense to you guys (laughs) Um, you guys are just you guys got a a whole different kind of brain that my brain doesn't really work well with in certain ways um maybe at least professionally in that sense at least this particular writer um but i still wanted to have a name in this so I, i i was was trying to, you know, I was watching like a lot of, uh, like comics explained and stuff like that, where you go through and he's like a, giving a in-depth rundown of, you know, these, these comics and everything. I was like, but he doesn't really, he's just covering the big stuff. There's so many other great things out there. Um, and then, you know, a buddy just so happened to say, you know, you, you want to start a podcast and what about? And I said, well, the only thing I love right now is comics. And so we, we started talking about comics. And another thing that was really getting to me is, you know, as, as we're kind of working up to this, um, I'm, li- I'm trying to listen to other comic book podcasts out there. And 95% of it was just people talking shit about comics. Yep. It's like there, there was no real love there. They're just voicing their toxic opinions. And, yep. you know, I, it's okay to not like stuff. I get it. Not everything's <clears throat> good, but there's so much that is good. And why aren't you spending all this time talking about that? And I wanted I, I wanted to kind of, you know, break through that barrier a little bit. And, you know, it's I think it's working out better for me than it is for a lot of those, you know, troll like podcasts out there that are just, you know, snarling in the wind. And I don't know, it's um, and that, that's really kind of what it came down to. And At the same time, I wanted to be able to meet you guys, you know, like and I thought, you know, event, it didn't start out as an interview show. Um, it was more like I'm going to talk about the 30 books I read this week, and um, then I'm going to ta- have another episode about what's coming out and what I think you should be ordering. Um, and then uh, through time, I actually had a podcast re- or a, a shop reach out to me to thank me because they were listening to my pull List priorities episodes where I go through the FOCs every week and, you know, say this, this has a shot at making you some money if you're a speculator well the shop was a uh, shout out to 307 nerds forever um that is because damn um he said dude my since i've been listening to your show and ordering from uh, you know based off your recommendations my sales have gone up 30 percent Wow. and i was like well shit maybe there's something to this so then i went and got mm-hmm. a retailer's license and you know um you know started practicing what i preached and yeah that's that's kind of what led me up to where i am today but it It really all started with me just trying to like have a positive influence on this industry mm-hmm. and not just because I, I I know how hard it is for you guys, you know, and to to like talk shit about a you know, a, a creator's book may seem nonconsequent, inconsequential. But I mean, all it takes is one potential reader to see that first and go, well, I don't want to read a David Avalone book or a Rylan Grant book because right. this person said so. And then never give you a chance. And that's, you know, taking the little tiny bit of money that is in comics out of your pocket. And I don't know. I just it's, it sours me when I see stuff like that. So it, 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 It's such a good point. I mean, I, I, it, I think it's
0: why I've been drawn to you guys, you know, as as media members um is that you do focus on i mean w- one you guys are legitimately passionate about comic books you fall in love with these stories that you read and i think it's a gift that both you guys have to be able to communicate that to an audience right to to tell them very succinctly why this is good and why this is worth their time and why they should get excited about it and you do it in a way you know where where your excitement gets transferred to them. I think that that's a gift. It's like a gift from fucking you know God or the universe or whatever you want to say. Um, it it is incredible. But yeah, I mean the um there is so much sort of toxic trashing that that happens, and I don't know why it's worth anyone's time. Why would you want to spend your days doing that? And there are people that almost feed off of it, right? And um, and, uh, you know, there, there have been these studies recently. I mean, th- this big study came out, um, uh, uh, on teenagers recently, there were stories about it everywhere about how today's teenagers are more unhappy, significantly, un- uh, less happy than teenagers even a few years ago. Right. And, and so we start to get into, well, why is this the case? Of course we had this pandemic and blah, 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 um, Uh, You know, you get on social media and there's all this comparative stuff, but there is this like, um, you know, this uh, this culture, uh, this toxic culture on social media where it's like, you know, people love to just stand on the soapbox and just talk about how everything is terrible and the world is going to fucking end. And and so, you know, it, it is a constant alarm and it is a constant fucking shit fest. And we do we do not take the time just to say, like, hey, I'm happy about this. And hey, I love this for this reason. And so, guys like you end up being this this sort of godsend, I think, just for our general like well being. But you get to the comics, the comics business. Like, we don't, I don't shit this stuff out, right? And 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 I don't, you know, we don't make a lot of money making fucking comics. We do this, you know, it's a passion. It is a labor of love, and we pour our hearts and our souls into these things, and we put them out into the world. Um, and you know, it's like. You know, when somebody comes off the top rope with just some toxic bullshit, it's like somebody saying, "Hey, your fucking kid's ugly," you know, or, right. or or literally slapping your kid. And you know what? That's a reason to go for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I'll fucking slap a bitch over that shit. You know? Um, but but you know, whatever. It's like you said, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Not everybody has to like it, but it's like, but like it. but 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 for your job, for your mission in life, uh, to be to find these things and then crap all over them. Uh, is, 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 is I, I just, I don't understand that person. Uh, well, you've you've and,
1: also got the, you've also got the internet thing of, whereas someone in private conversation might've said to you, yeah, I didn't like that very much. Yeah. Uh, it's way more eyeballs to say, I think Brian Bendis should be hit by a truck and raped by a jackalope for writing this comic book. Like yeah. that'll get you eyeballs from the people who just like, that kind of toxicity is attractive to them. I, I am recently sliding into the Jonathan gold, uh, model. Uh, Jonathan gold was a legendary restaurant reviewer in Los Angeles and the most popular, the most powerful restaurant reviewer in Los Angeles. He Mm -hmm. never gave a bad review. If he went to a restaurant and had a bad meal, he went, you know what? They're having a bad night. The cook is out sick. doesn't matter. I am not going to write a review that will literally destroy a small business. Because See, he had I, that power, I liked that. And he knew it. Why is it? Yeah, why is Like, worth I'll time. just come back yeah. another night if I want to give this another try, or I'll never come back. But yeah, what yeah. I won't do is write this like definitive review that every I made a movie once for about two hundred thousand dollars, and Roger Ebert not only panned it, he he revealed at the end of the review that he walked out seven minutes in. You reviewed a movie, watched seven minutes of that was a very well-meaning do-gooder movie about a teenager coming out of the closet. Like it was as ABC after school special as you could get. And he, he shit on us. Like we were like a $300 million attack on pop culture, you know? And I just like, I lost so much respect for him over that. He later apologized and went back and watched the whole movie and still wrote a negative review of it. But it was still that thing of like, if I was a movie reviewer, like I might poorly review, like, (laughs) ridley scott or david fincher or someone who i absolutely i will not cost them a dollar you know by saying their new movie sucks but someone who's like made some indie film with private funds for a couple hundred thousand dollars you need to you need to shit down our neck really like that just seems so small to me and yeah it's it is better to talk about things It is more enjoyable to talk about things that you love. And I get it. There's a whole, one of the reasons teenagers are so unhappy today, in my opinion is we, you know, we have this word cringe, which literally means earnest. Uh, People are supposed to be embarrassed by liking a thing, by being kind. Uh, And I think when you're embarrassed, it's like, it's, it's when people tell you that uh, my wife has a saying that you can't write Superman if you don't, even understand what good people are like. Hmm. Like if you, if you say Superman is a boring character, you're saying I've either never met a good person or I have no idea what makes good people tick. Cause good people can be interesting if you understand them and can write about them. If you look at Superman and go, that guy's an idiot. Why <laughs> is he helping all of those people? Why isn't he robbing banks with his laser eyes? It's like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, go right. Go write The Punisher, man. Like this shit's not for you. Uh, and the Punisher is a villain, by the way, just in case you were curious right. about where he falls on the spectrum of things. But you know what I mean? Like why? There, there are people for whom kindness is a uh, everyone who writes an op ed saying that, you know, Ted Lasso is the worst thing on television. Mostly they're telling you they they don't like nice people. <laughs> they think nice. Did you see the phrase
4: bad. toxic kindness? that popped yeah. up this week because people are unhappy with that new season. Oh yeah. my God. Like yeah. I want to put the it on a is, t-shirt and sell it because that's yeah. the most asinine toxic, ridiculous thing I've ever seen.
1: Toxic positivity is a thing. You know, when, when you're dying of cancer and someone says to you, Hey man, <laughs> eat, take some vitamin C and go for a walk. Okay. Uh, no, actually, that's not, that doesn't solve my problem. I but, can't get know. out of
4: bed, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. There are people who are like, oh, you're suffering from clinical depression. You should spend more time outside. Yeah, yeah not really. Not so much. That is not, that is not th- toxic positivity is the thing, but there's no okay. such thing as toxic
2: kindness. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not
1: a thing. Anyway, Blake, well, let me throw it back to you. Um, uh, how did you, two years ago now, uh, what made you do it and what were your motives and why?
4: Well, it started out, I just, you know, none of my friends, my real life friends are into comic books and I, I love them. And I was reading them. I was in, I was in an MFA program, uh, doing creative writing. And even in the MFA program, I, when I like told my professors, I wanted to write a comic book one day, they like laughed at me. They were like, you, you can write. Why would you want to do that? Like you're writing great, like nonfiction essays. Like it's, you're, you're good at writing poetry. Like why would you want to write a comic book? Like my thesis advisor literally like, laughed in my face when i told him that because we would go out to bars and stuff after classes and and he was just like you know one day he was like hey, what do you guys what do you guys dream about what do you guys want to do and i was like you know i, I really want to write a comic book and he, and he was just like <laughs> i was like oh wow okay um but so i i uh, i was in i was in the program and you know reading comic books all the time i would get on twitter and i would do these one tweet reviews and uh, I started building like a very small audience with these one tweet reviews because I, I would like it. it was very, it was a finesse, right? You had to like you had just enough characters to say a couple lines about the comic, and then I would like have to tag the creators as well to like get their you know get their attention and hopefully they retweet it and you know play the social media game. And for the long like a lot of people kept telling they were like, maybe you ever thought about doing a blog or something?" And and grad school had kind of burned me out on writing, and so I didn't really view these, these Twitter posts as writing or as work. And I was, I was like, no, like, and then I ended up dropping out of the program cause I'm stupid and I'll pay for that forever. But I learned, but I, I also learned a lot about storytelling and that's why, I'm good at writing reviews these because I think about like narrative tension, plot progression, you know, I think about structure, uh, and, and, you know, dialogue, I think about it differently than, than a lot of reviewers do. And I, and I get to think about that because I had, I had great teachers even though they were very opinionated at times. And I did learn a lot in that program. Um, anyways, I, um, for a long time I didn't want to write anything. And then I, I finally kind of got the itch to like, I wanted to, do more and talk about more and so i launched the blake's buzz blog and i started writing reviews and i wrote a couple reviews and like people were passing them around everybody was really excited about it and it was it was cool and i like i just i was absorbed into it like all i did was i would wake up in the morning and like write two reviews and then like after work i would write a couple more and i was like i was putting out content but i was also very quickly approaching burnout uh which i didn't realize Mm -hmm. because i was having i was just having a lot of fun and it was all new and and exciting and it was just like getting to write you know writing more than a a tweet and talking about how much i love these stories and and why they worked and i was like i realized that i was kind of like missing that uh and then i kind of started i'd been on podcasts before and quit podcasts before uh so it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth because i basically like this, I was on one podcast where they just wanted it to be like an MCU. Like they just wanted to talk about Marvel movies and what might happen. And and like Hollywood rumors, because that's where the metrics were at. Right. They wanted like as many downloads as they could. And that was like the hot comic topic. And when I brought up, like we should talk about comics and and like not just Marvel, there's like all these great indie books out that a lot of us on the show are reading. And basically the guy running it, um, told me that I didn't know what was cool and what wasn't and I said well fuck you buddy and I quit and then I was on another podcast and we were interviewing David propose and this guy my co-host in the interview like live or well we it was it was pre-recorded but like we're interviewing david propose and and david's talking to me about writing and david's like juicing me up man like he's david's getting me excited about about words again and like his passion is like bleeding through the internet connection into me and we were just like vibing and my fucking co-host goes he goes well yeah like um you know i i read i read this like you know four or five times Uh, blake just read it today and he like really tried like he like heard us connecting and like really tried to like pull a rug out from under me to in some weird dominant move so i quit that podcast too i quit the night before we interviewed rom v i was like i'm not i was like i'm not gonna let you throw me under the bus with another top tier creative and make me look like an asshole and so i i I quit that and so i've i've quit several shows and finally i was like you know what i'm gonna I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go to do it by myself. And I, I, I had been writing reviews. I'd done some written interviews for the blog. I started getting some connections. Uh, Kevin Cuff and Bob France from Scout Comics, the, the Metal Shark Bro guys, like they reached out to me and wanted to do an interview for Dust Pirates and they ended up being my first solo interview and i was super nervous and uh you know like they have their own podcast and and so but it it ended up being great we'd all talked before and uh and then after that it it, i just started i just started lining up interviews every week and then Mm -hmm. and then then it got to a point where i started doing a lot of work with kickstarter people and a lot of indie comics people and it got to the point where i didn't have i i couldn't I got scared to say no for a while cuz I was like if I say no they, no one will ever ask again that was like the initial fear. And so I I started doing the live stream cuz I cuz I was like I could have four creators on the live stream and do like a round robin deal live which ended up being a clusterfuck cuz like people wanted to come on the show, but I would always feel bad because there's like for 20, 30 minutes. Sometimes people wouldn't get to talk while we were like going through segments for these other books. And I would just like constantly like look at people in Streamyard and be like, God, they hate me right now. Like all these people just hate me. It's late. It's like midnight where I'm like, Oh my God. And then, um, but then yeah, I, so I still do the live streams. I, I still do the, still the, still do the podcasts. And I'm still, I, I gave up the blog and switched to Substack. And so I'm still trying to, I'm trying to do everything, which like I do a lot, but I don't, I don't write as many reviews as I did. And then sure. like, you know, I'm, I'm, supp- I'm supplementing that with like YouTube shorts and playing on TikTok and Instagram reels and like trying to do this. stuff. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be popular without, being negative on the mic because like we talked about like i'm not a, i'm not a hot take person i'm not uh if i don't like something i just don't talk about it it's real easy yeah. you just don't talk about it and the, i talk about the stuff that i like and, and and people know me and you know respect my recommendations and you know i i help sell books i, I you know I, I do and and uh but yeah so it's it's been it's been two years of that and and still going strong uh well i mean the, the podcast is doing okay but i <clears throat> i really think like that's why i've been kind of trying to move into youtube and stuff because I, I feel there's a better there's more marketability there there's an easier audience there there's just so many podcasts right now and there's so many comic podcasts and there's so many comic yep. interview podcasts right and so even though like i do have a unique voice and i'm fun and i'm funny and and like rylan mentioned like I'm a little bit of a clusterfuck too. Like we, we talk, we'll go anywhere. You know, I will talk about the right. comics for a little bit, but we also, we talk about life. We may maybe talk about bad decisions we've made in the past when you spent seven years as a <laughs> bouncer, like I did Tuesday night, but like, well, we, you know, it, it gets a little crazy, gets a little goofy and, and it's, and it's a bummer. Cause like, even with that, I, I see these people that get on the mic and they're like, this is dog shit and F this person and F that person. And I could make a better comic book. Well, you know what? You probably can't make a better comic book, right? Making a comic book is hard. I just did a two page script for an anthology. And it was hard making like a little story in two pages. Like it was tricky. And luckily I turned it in and like, you know, people liked it and it was all cool. But you know, I very much know that it's, it's a hard process and it's a difficult process and it's an expensive process that doesn't have a big financial turnaround. Right. So you, like you said, like you guys said, you're doing these things because you love them. And it's a bummer when people get traction and, and, and big metrics, right. From, from, being that kind of negative person. But there is, like you said, there's an eye for that. You call out a creator or you tag them on Twitter and tell them how much you didn't like the story, which I hate, I hate when people do that. Um, But you know, it'll it'll get retweeted, it'll get passed around. If you post a YouTube video with a bunch of hot takes, like people, 300 people will tune into your live stream, right, which, and it aggravates me, but I still have a, you know, I've made a brand and a lot of people like it and I'm finding a bigger audience and it's just, you know, slower than i'd like but it's it's happening and uh and yeah so and and now we're here and and on on this friday i have an interview with a publisher about maybe being uh hiring me on as a publicist nice and and it's it's yeah i'm really i'm really scared because i'm unemployed right now so it's very serendipitous when this is happening because i'm almost out of money so to get this interview tomorrow is like who and so yeah but you know it's it's crazy like i never thought um I never thought I could reach out to creatives like you and ask you guys to come on my show and not only have you guys say yes, but have you say like, Oh yeah, I've heard of you. I'm excited to do this or have people reach out and ask me to come on my show or have you yep. guys asked me to come on your show i never thought we would be here right and so it's, it's it is it's a it is a cool dream come true and i love talking storytelling i love talking comics and i like talking with my audience too but there's something very special about getting to talk to to the the guys in the industry that you know like seeing how the donuts are made and why they're so delicious you know and uh yeah and and, and it's 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 awesome and, well, and one and- thing i want to do more is connect more with press people like i I, the, the more press people I meet, the good ones, you realize that it's not a competition. Like, even if you're doing like, there's a, there's a YouTube hashtag called grow together. And it's basically like everybody, everybody recommends shows. Everybody's like, Oh, if you like, if you like my show, check out Blake, check out Cole, check out all these people. And it's, it's very cool. And it's like, it reminds me of Kickstarter, right? There's, it's not a competition. It's a big family. Mm -hmm. And, and so Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very cool. So I, I think it's awesome that you guys had us on your show, giving us room on your platform to, to speak. And, um, you know, it's just a, uh, it's, it's just a cool, it's a cool nerdy world. I know there's a lot of negativity in it, but there's a lot of great people that are just excited to be here and, and excited to fall in love with stories too. If you we, look we, we, it.
0: we talk a lot on, on this show about how comics is very much an ecosystem, right? And, and, and that we all, we all sort of, it's a team sport, you know, we, we win or we lose together and you know, uh, people like David and I, we have a comic book, we have a Kickstarter or whatever it is. Like we, we need to get the word out, you know, we need to reach fans. And it is great to have people like you where we know we can go. We know we're safe. We know we're going to have a great conversation. Um, We know that you have cultivated uh, the right kind of fans Mm and people who are enthusiastic about story and character and all of these things and you get in a room with them and you just you just sort of have a conversation and that's that's amazing and and you know again we we all win or we all lose together um, <laughs> if we don't have places to, to pimp our books and our you know then nobody's gonna read them and mm-hmm. and s- same thing with you guys you have shows if you don't have new content new creators to bring on and, and put in front of your your uh, audience then your audience doesn't grow you know and and and, and you guys have both become known as tastemakers to a certain degree, you know, it's, it, it, it is why your audience shows up because they know that you're going to introduce them to something good, something interesting every, every uh, you know, every week or whatever. And that's cool. And I think that, you know, we're dancing around something also. I mean, we've talked a lot, we talk a lot, we, we talk a lot to creators and we talk about the evolution of the business as a, as a creator, where it was like, I, I tried to make comics for the first time when I was in college. Um, but you know, they're, there wasn't this massive internet movement at that time, right? You were still dealing with, uh, people weren't working digitally. Really. You were dealing with physical drawings. You had to know an artist in your town. Uh, uh revisions were extremely hard, all of this stuff. And then maybe, I don't know what it was, five, six, seven years ago at this point, there was this like digital revolution. I mean, everything, everything was happening digitally. Right. And, and, and so revisions become, you know, very quick and uh, to do very easy to to share with people let me upload them to dropbox or whatever um social media blew up in terms of this stuff so whereas i used to have to know an artist in my town um you know i mean i i i, I have Several books going now. I have artists in Brazil, in Hungary, in Mexico. Um, my go-to colorist is in Indonesia. My letterers in the UK. That never would have been possible like eight years ago. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, I, I, I de- uh, you know, I found these guys online. You can go to Facebook. Uh, you have connecting comic book writers and artists. There are like 32,000 members, um, and it's it's just an artist gallery. It's artists from all over the world putting their putting their work up, saying, "Hey, I'm looking for a job." you know, who, who has something for me to draw. Um, so easy to kind of meet these artists and, and engage with these artists. And so, you know, I, I have these guys I've been working with for, you know, whatever, six plus years now, and they don't speak English. I've never met them in person. You know what I'm saying? Like I, we, we communicate exclusively via email. It goes into a Google translate. They get about 95% of what I'm I'm trying to do. And
3: astral projection as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there, There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That actually came from Fabio. But so, 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 I mean, you know, I pay them all via PayPal, all of these things. And so it is this global enterprise now. It's amazing. And I, 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 I try not to use the word easy. I was, you know, I usually, I usually want to say, oh, it's never been easier to get your book made. Uh, it's, it's never easy. You know, this is like, you know, making comics is all, it, it is, a, it is a, a street fight all the time um, that you really have to be up for. But it has never been more possible. Uh, to get your comic made, to get your story out there, and that's amazing, and and that that also trickles down to you guys, where you know, I mean, Brian, you're in Colorado, Blake, you're in Missouri, correct? Yep. Um. Uh. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and David and I are in L.A. Like, uh, ten years ago, we wouldn't know each other. We would have mm-hmm. never meet right. had, have met. Like, you, you would not have access to thousands of people on Twitter, on YouTube, on all of these people. Uh. You know what I'm saying? Like, people out there would not know that you guys are these like these comic aficionados, these tastemakers, these, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and all we had back then was we would go into our local comic shop and there was that jerk behind the counter that would hopefully, (laughs) uh, you know, recommend a couple of good things for us. But now we have, you know, now we have guys like you where, where, you know, if I, if I'm looking for something to read, you know, I, I can, you know, I can, uh, uh, you know, turn on fullest priorities and and listen to what you have to say. And I usually find two or three things that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking at yet. And, um, you know, it, 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 I, I'm just, I, I'm amazed at how, I don't know, how much opportunity there is, uh, how well we're connected now, um, uh, you know, how, how sort of global this thing is. Um, and it's pretty awesome. And, you know, all that said, there are so many people out there that aren't aren't taking advantage of this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so it's great to see you know you guys diving in head first. and and you know I think Avalonia and I have done it on the creative end. I mean I, I I think that um uh you know Blake should um I mean I think Blake needs to make a couple more comic books, but that's just me. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Well, it's I mean, I wanted to point out. Yeah. I I wanted to about what it, oh, I'm sorry, David. <laughs> No, I was going to say, I just wanted to roll back to something uh, Ryland and Brian both touched on, but like make a serious point of it. One of the reasons we we started doing the show, because swapping war stories with colleagues is the best part of show business. Always. Mm. Every, every branch of show business. The best part is standing around on set <laughs> and talking to the people who have been through it with you about all the crazy shit you've been through together. I think in comics, it's a very, I, there's no standing around on set. There's just, there's emails and phone calls and Zoom meetings. And occasionally you are in a comic book store together and occasionally you're at a con together. Mm -hmm. And I think you forget all of the component parts of the community at your peril. And there are comic creators who don't think about the retailer and who don't think about podcasters. And I think you'd better be A-list talent to feel like you don't need that. And I'm not sure that a list Allen doesn't also need that. Um, I always try to remember that, you know, the guys like you guys and people working in comic book stores are we're in Detroit, making the cars without the salesman on the showroom floor Mm -hmm. in your hometown, nobody's buying any cars, man. (laughs) Like, you know, like we're not, you know, there's only so much salesmanship that we can do at conventions and doing panels and doing podcasts and all that. But you absolutely need that. When someone listens to a podcast, you know, Brian says, Oh, this new thing from Avalon is coming out and it's pretty great. Or you walk into a comic book store and they say, Oh, do you like stuff like this? Well, then maybe you'd be interested in this comic. Uh, my ride's here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a lot of helicopters, that's low. Is low and big. Um, Hollywood. yeah, my black hawk is here. Um <laughs> but just to say, like I, I I think that aside from it being good business, I also just why rob yourself of the joy of talking to the people that are paying attention to what you're doing.
4: Yeah.
1: And that love it I mean, I've walked into comic book stores and seen nothing. Oh, that was a chinook. Uh I've walked into comic book stores and seen nothing but Marvel and DC on the shelves, maybe a walking dead trade, and gone. They're not gonna have anything of mine. That's <laughs> fine. Like it, it's fine. It's this 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 shop is not my shop. Uh and then you walk into shops that have a row of like everything, you know, dynamite puts out, everything image puts out, everything, you know, Oni you know maybe that's a bad example uh but you know there are there are there are shops that have a certain vibe that you know this is a place where the people who read my comics are going to come in and buy comics and uh and you know you you get those people on your side um it's 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 really the whole game i mean there's a whole conversation to be said to be had about expanding the audience for comic books in the united states of america uh blake's you know lit teacher it's like any literature teacher in Europe would laugh in his face yeah. for thinking that comic books are not and there's my second helicopter uh for thinking that comic books are not a serious literary genre. I always like uh confounding people like that by telling them that comic books are literally the first human art form. There's Og. There's Og with spear, hmm? there's <laughs> there's Wooly Mammoth. There's Og killing Mo- Woolly Mammoth with spear, and then the last panel is us all eating the Woolly Mammoth or Og, depending on who won the fight. Um, but literally, like cave paintings are sequential art. Yeah, uh, it's that's what literally, Neil Adams
4: told me the same thing when I met him. Like, um, uh, so did, yeah? You're he, and I thought that doesn't surprise me.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah, no, I, but it's it is a thing you, when you think about it as an art form, you have to think. No, this didn't start when someone put newspaper strips together in a book for the first time. This is literally the first thing, you know, as other people have said, you know, you're uh, the label on a bathroom door is a comic book. The this way to the exit is a comic book like. how do the thing showing the cartoon on the back of the fire extinguisher showing you how to pull the pin and hold down the thing (laughs) when we want to express something without language, that's so important that it has to be understood by everyone. We do it with cartoons Mm -hmm. like that is It is a basic function of how humans process things, you know, and obviously Scott McLeod wrote three great books about it. Um, But it's a, you know, anybody that laughs at it, it it's such a, you know, it's such a literally petite bourgeois, bourgeois American, you know, mid-century yeah. uh, nonsense uh, because of what the culture went through in the 50s, infantilizing comic books. And even though comic books have pretty much completely bounced back from that, uh, there are people who are still, you know... People still write the op eds that says biff bang pow. They're not just for children anymore. And you're like, yeah. there really there,
0: there, are way, there are way too many of those people in our schools. Also, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Is there, there's there's this old phrase, "Those who can't do, teach." Um, and I'm not the biggest fan mm. of it. You know what I'm saying? But but I think that too often. You know, I I went to the American Film Institute Conservatory, which is supposed to be the best film school in the world, you know, particularly for directors and cinematographers. Right. And I had some incredible teachers that inspired me. I also had some fucking toxic, awful fucking messes there.
3: Yeah. People,
0: people right. that they wanted to be directors and they took their shot and they fell flat on their fucking face, uh, right. uh, mostly because they were toxic assholes. Right. Um, and so, so, so they couldn't get a job directing, uh, but maybe they had a credit or something like that. And, uh, and and so they end up somehow backing into a fucking teaching job. Right. And they did not, they did not make it their mission to inspire us or to equip us. Right. They, they, they took out their failures on us. Right. And, and of course you get to the American film Institute conservatory at, at 22, Um, uh, you think you're going to fucking take over the world, right? (laughs) And, and and you probably wouldn't have got in if you didn't think that, uh, you wouldn't be paying the money to be there if you didn't think that. Um, and, uh, and, and it was some of these people, it was their job every day to make us feel like complete idiots because they thought, because we thought that we were going to succeed. They failed, so Mm -hmm. we couldn't possibly succeed. And if we believe we were going to succeed, we were fucking losers, you know? um and, and it it just made me livid you know um and and i don't think those i don't think those people have any business you know teaching fucking anybody um and so it, you know you're sitting there with them and you're like i have a passion for this i want to do this and they're like that's not worthy that's actually mm-hmm. crap that's garbage <laughs> you know let, 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 let's rank you know let's rank uh categories of media this is worth your time this isn't you know um fuck you Fuck you, you know. That's what I say. I would be sitting across from that motherfucker, and I would say, "Fuck you, eat shit." You know. Um, I, I, I think we just found a episode title uh, for this week. Yeah. <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, the, I mean, there. there the, and the funny thing about that is how things have changed over time. It's like I'm sure that guy told you the TV was for losers. Yeah. And now the, yeah. the quality yeah. of work being done in the average. American streaming television show is so high above the quality of work in the average American released feature film. It's embarrassing for everybody really. Uh, you know, writer, what was the indie film boom in the nineties has moved almost entirely to television. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's okay. That's where they found the budgets. That's where they found the acceptance. And it's the same thing with, you know, in some ways with comics, it's, you know, it's about a viable medium in it and people will, will do whatever they want to do in it. And now that the barrier for entry is so low comparatively, Mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, and you know, once upon a time, you know, I was making short films for a very long time before YouTube existed for me to go, Oh, I can just show these to people now. (laughs) Like as opposed to, I have to get them into my home watching a, a, a VHS tape, uh, to get them to see my movie. No, I can just put it up. I remember I went to a, a protest. I went to a protest for like the Iraq war, the first one. And a friend of mine had a very early streaming video website. And I shot stuff of the protest, came home, edited together a three minute long video about the protest. It may have been called Buckfush. And uh, he uploaded it and he called me the next morning and he's like, so yeah, like 35,000 people have watched your thing that you literally shot yesterday edited. And I uploaded this morning. And I was just like, that's a whole new era of things that I did not see coming. Like living in a world where you had to get something on television or get something. And it's the same thing writing in the seventies and eighties, if you self published you might as well have just hung a i am a clown sign around your yeah. neck like that it was like in the 90s too like yeah.
4: I, yeah. I remember like I, rem- I remember the the rich grad school kids and and in my undergrad too like mommy and daddy paying to get your amazon get your book printed on amazon right and they're like they're like right. i have a collection of poetry and you're like and everybody would like they would scoff at them, right? yeah. Like cool, bud. Like did you print that? at you print yeah. that at Walmart? <laughs> like and and so yeah. I mean, like it for a long time, self publishing was very much like demonized and scorned. Like I'm glad that that's yeah. kind of uh, literature still maybe is a little well. N- I guess not now with the recent Kickstarter success of some novels and stuff. But I mean, it took it took like regular prose. I think a little bit longer than yeah. I mean, comics. Fifty
1: Shades of Gray started out as twilight fan fiction on the internet <laughs> you, know, you know that right that's a famous story that. 50, that's Shad- insane. 50 shades of gray she had written twilight fan fiction it was very popular and someone said you know if you cut the friggin' vampires out of this you might actually have a nice s m sex romance thing wow. and it sold a trillion copies and that essentially yeah. began as a self-published kind of a thing and you know kevin eastman who we've name checked earlier like is the re- kevin and dave sim are the two like i guess self-publishing is not such a bad thing in comic books you <laughs> could maybe create something that becomes immensely popular uh in kevin's case you know a billion dollar global mm-hmm. franchise but you know no yeah, big
0: I, 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 but, but i mean the entire business is going there now you talk about you know yeah. you talk about giant asteroids that are gonna you know that are gonna hit earth i mean uh you know self publishing success is uh, in comics is the giant asteroid that's going to hit the traditional yeah. publishing business i mean if it, it, you know it's it's um at the beginning of armageddon like the uh, the little meteor fragments start hitting and destroying cities mm-hmm. before the big one hits right uh we're yep. we're watching that happen right and left have been mm-hmm. for a couple of years now right and and at some point very soon might be fucking tomorrow uh um that's going to hit i mean we're going to you know we, we've talked about this on the show um, you know, in the next year or two, we're going to see, you know, four or five other traditional publishers go, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're all, you know, they're all limping. Um, they're, they're all waiting on the, the, the same giant investment from some, uh, overseas company that isn't going to come. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I don't, <laughs> I don't mean to, to smile gleefully as I'm saying this, uh, uh, because, you know, we, we, we need, uh, we need everyone in this game. Um, but maybe some people at those publishers have not treated, uh, me and my friends as well as they should have. So Mm -hmm. maybe not all, but a few of those publishers are getting exactly what they fucking deserve. Um, (laughs) uh, but, but also it's, you know, I'm watching my friends, you you know, take control of their, of their, their creative destinies, right. Mm -hmm. They're getting their books out there. Uh, they don't have to wait for one of five gate. Gatekeepers to give them permission to, to to tell the stories they want to tell anymore. They can just go out, do it like you guys did. You know, go out, find an audience, go direct to the audience, right? And yeah. and people will embrace it, and 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 that that's yep. awesome. And 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 again, bringing it back to the topic, I mean, the the reason we can do this uh, as creators, it has a lot to do with you guys because again, like we would not be able to pull that audience in if there weren't, if there weren't people that were singing our praises and and you know, if the tastemakers weren't saying, Hey, take a look at this, you know?
3: Well, that, that, and that's, that's why this is such an awesome ecosystem because it circles back around because we wouldn't be able to do it without you. Like the way I follow or I I gain my followers. I want, I want the, I want your followers as my followers. I don't, cause most of the other people, I mean, I hate to say it. Most of them are toxic and they're just waiting for you to talk shit. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, you Mm -hmm. know, they realize after a few episodes, like, Oh, this, this guy doesn't have anything mean to say. Well, but I mean, so you say my my whole you know formula is say nice things about the creators, get their attention. They're gonna recognize that, and then you know mm-hmm. it, it, you're 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 gonna give that praise. And but you know now we're sharing followers, and it continues to build that way. And then you know I talk to Ryland, and the next thing you know, Pepos is like, well, shit, uh, I, there's another podcast I want to go now. I got Pepos's followers and Avalon's followers. It's all just by you know, like yeah. I said, working, working, you know, it, I, I, it really comes from positivity. You know, I mean, just making sure if you stay positive. I mean, even saying one <clears> thing <throat> about a negative creator um, that you have no intention on ever like coming on your show or anything like that, that could be Ryland Grant's buddy. You know, and he's like, well, fuck yeah. this guy. He's talking shit about my friend. Like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, and yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I mean, we all talk to each other. I mean, it just happened literally. It was I.
0: I just did you know when I was uh, when I was pimping the jump three. I went on Blake's show and you know, and we had a great conversation. And uh, and and afterwards, you know, we we got to uh, somehow Abalone came up and and we kind of realized that he hadn't had Avalone on yet. And yeah. so so I'm literally sitting there with Blake talking like we're talking now, and I'm I'm texting yeah. Avalone like like, like hey uh, you know there's this show that I have going on.
1: Um, and uh, and I've
4: kept him hanging by a string since.
1: (laughs) Right. Hey, I'm ready. But you know, the, the thing is I can remember so clearly the first time I, I thought about this ecosystem. The second comic book series I ever did was called twilight zone, the shadow. And it was a weird ass mashup of the 1930s Avenger character and the 1960s TV show. Um, but, You know, Dynamite, particularly back then, they've gotten so much better, but they're, you know, they're very, they were a very small company. Like I said, they're, I think their market share has increased enormously since then. I've done my part. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, the comics weren't, that I was doing with them weren't selling super well. And I put Twilight Zone in the search engine on Twitter. And I found the two dudes in the world with Twilight Zone podcasts. And I literally messaged... You followed them. They followed me back. And I DM'd them and said, Hey, let me come on your show and talk about my Twilight Zone comic book. Like, you're the only... You're the only connection to a fan base I know. So let me me talk to you. And I said to friends at the time, I'm like, If it could sell me one comic book this hour of my time. But it's not an unpleasant way to spend an hour. You know, I gotta say, I've gone on a lot of podcasts and i i am straining to think of one that was an unpleasant experience i really like it's just maybe it's who asks me (laughs) maybe maybe it's pre-selected by who thinks i'm worth talking to you know but i i'm i'm hard-pressed to think of uh, someone's show i went on and after we were done i went well you guys are fucking asshole i'm not gonna you know (laughs) not not talking to him again um you know so so and then The next series I did was a Doc Savage series. And once again, not a blockbuster character. Nobody under the age of 60 loves or remembers Doc Savage, really. I found the Doc Savage fan group on Facebook. And they heavily promoted the comic. Uh, And they have a convention once a year. The Arizona DocCon. It's the only convention to this day that I've been the guest of honor at. Uh, and it's because I found the fans that were already of the fan of the, the fans of the thing that I love. And I reached out to them and said, Hey guys, I'm the guy writing doc Savage right now. If you guys care at all. And, uh, they were very welcoming and, uh, you know, I think it's definitely for those things. I was going after very small audiences Uh, that are pre-selected to be small. But I was like, if I don't have the Doc Savage fans on board, who the hell have I got, man? I got to at least sell comics to these hundred guys. And literally, we went to the convention. My wife was the youngest person there. Uh, I think she was maybe 48 at the time. And uh, one of three women at the convention. She's like, oh, I see another woman across the room.
0: Sounds like a fucking clam bake, man. Love
1: it. It was, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun and they were, you know, the thing about fan groups that are that small is they are so absolutely devoted to and in love with the thing that they love. Yeah. And there's a, there's a beauty to that. Like, even if you don't share their specific enthusiasm um, and in that case, I, you know, I, I grew up on those uh, because of who my father was, I grew up on those pulps. So it meant a lot to me, but uh you know, it's like, reach out to the, reach out to the world. I mean, the, the, there really isn't a traditional publishers in literature and in comic books expect you to work pretty hard um, doing this stuff. They And they will set up interviews for you and they will find people to, you know, podcast for you to go on. But I think one of the reasons Dynamite is as fond of me as they are is that I tweet all the time and I am out there Mm. on podcasts all the time. And I'm constantly, you know, I went for drinks with Elvira, with Cassandra Peterson last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and took, took selfies of us and sent them to the PR guy. I'm like, here's the author of the Elvira comics having drinks with Elvira that, you know for your PR purposes. And he was like, yeah, no, that's really, that's great. That make, and here's, here's the other thing is an overall thing. The thing that drew you guys into doing this, um, is the thing that you count on is that the fans, the people who love this stuff want to be a part of it. Mm. They want to feel connected to it. And, you know, I've mentioned Eastman before we're business partners on a couple of things. And he's one of my closest friends. And, that man is a, I mean, in Cassandra too, they are object lessons in how to have fans and how to be with fans. Yeah. And Kevin's signings legendarily go hours over their time limit. Because if you're in front of him with your thing to sign and you need to tell him about how you watched your first episode of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when you were eight years old in 1980-whatever, and it changed your life and it meant everything to you. Kevin will make eye contact with you, listen to you honestly. He's not faking it. He's not going, Mm -hmm. yeah, man, sounds great. He's, like, genuinely engaged because he has never stopped appreciating. I was at San Diego a bunch of years ago when I was pretty new at this, And I was walking with a pair of colleagues who I will not name a married couple. And it was the people sleeping to get into hall H. It was nighttime. It was the Bayside behind the convention center. And it was that long line of people waiting to get into hall H. And they started talking about what losers those people were. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And I was just like, you're talking about the people who bought your house. (laughs) guys they bought your house they're putting your daughter through private school like what the hell is freaking wrong with you if they were waiting to see the trailer for your new tv show in hall h are they still losers or are they only losers because they're waiting to see an mcu trailer or waiting to see a star Wars, or waiting to see something no they're not losers they are enthusiasts
2: yeah, they're fucking and awesome. you
1: need them. You need them. They are awesome, and yeah. we love them. Like if I ever was at San Diego Comic Con and there was a line out the thing at out the day of people waiting to see something that I had anything to do with, I would fall down on my knees and cry my fucking eyes out. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Because I've been that kid. I mean, I haven't been no. the kind of person that <laughs> wants to sleep outside for a very long time. <laughs> My idea of camping is the vending machines are in the lobby. Like, oh, we're <laughs> camping. There's no ice machine on my floor. Are you crazy? Uh, but you know, if you don't love the fans, man, you have a problem. You have a serious problem. Yeah. You know, and podcasts are the voice of the fans. Yeah, and, you know?
0: and 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 yeah, and 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 Brian made a good point where it's like, you know, it's not about numbers really it's about finding the right people and and that's what i've noticed is you know i've you know i've gone on word balloon huge audience but like they're not you know they're they're not you know very engaged and very enthusiastic and i I, i'm not trying to trash it it's just you know any of these big shows it's like it's a little more general but you can you know, you can go on Blake's show, you can go on Brian's show, you can go on Lost in Comics, and the audience might be a bit smaller, but man, those those fans are, like, engaged and excited, yeah. and they want to like, and they want to retweet, and they want to back, and they want to uh, DM you and tell you how much yeah. they loved your book, and, like, that is, that is soul food, uh, uh, but it also it also literally makes the trains run, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh And so so I would, you know, I would go on, I mean, I, I, I would go on, you know, any of those shows 10 times, you know, before, you know, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd worry about, you know, uh, a, a, any of those, you know, other shows that may, you know, may have a huge audience, but maybe, you know, again, they're, they're you know, it's not, not the right fans, I guess, you know, yeah. and- Yeah, and, no, um, I've, I've if, gone if, on shows if, that, yeah.
1: that had maybe I've gone on shows that had maybe like 500 subscribers and got a hundred new followers on social media, like literally a one in five. (laughs) And I've gone on shows that had like 10,000 followers and I got like maybe 10 new followers the next day. Really? It depends on the, the, the degree of actual engagement, you know, and how much, how much you're really engaged with your, with your audience. I want to ask you guys just to get a general sense, uh, Brian, how, how often do you have a new episode uh like what's your what's your format like how are people
3: interacting um so uh i I do my weekly pull priorities episodes where i go over the the final order cutoffs and you know just hype up everything you know i mean if i've got other creators that are like hey i'm on the i'm in previews this week you know i mean i'll use that as an avenue for them as well. And then um, I, there was a point in time where I was actually doing three episodes a week and it, it, burnout really started setting in. And then I was sure. booking myself uh, with at least one interview a week on top of the pull list priorities. And it that I did that for about two years where I was, you know, mm-hmm. at least one, uh, one interview a week. But then I started realizing, I was like, I, sometimes, you know, Quantity isn't everything, you know. Mm-hmm. If there's a really good book that someone's promoting, I don't want to put another episode right on top of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it maybe that other, you know, one won't get seen as much. So I'm I, now I kind of do my my creator corners, as I call them, my my interview formats, just kind of random and sporadically, um, sure. and, you know, a couple times a month, you know. Um, but there was, there was you know during you know the whole COVID Kickstarter craze. Hmm. Um, I mean'm I'm, I'm very very grateful that you know I, I do get the the volume I do of you know other creators wanting to come on the show but've I, 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 I've cut back to uh, not so much as I want to give everybody everybody deserves a chance but at the same time I don't want to take away from things that should, definitely a hundred percent people need to see. I mean, I I get it. Even stuff that's bad is going to be somebody in this giant planet's favorite thing. Um, But so now I'm definitely focused more on, you know, just quality as far as creators coming on. Um, If, you know, someone approaches me with a Kickstarter you know, like I said, I've got nothing against Kickstarters. I I was a huge, I still am a huge advocate for Kickstarters. I mean, Ryland, you know, I mean, (laughs) I, 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 yeah, um but I I started seeing you know a lot of stuff that was just I don't know. I didn't see like a lot of effort into it. A lot of it was very cookie cutter and you know I just I'm definitely trimming the fat with my creator corners lately. So I, I it it sucks sure. that there is a, a large volume of emails that I don't want to say go unanswered, but at the same time, it's like, eh, I don't know, man. I mean, do, can you really follow Ryland Grant? <laughs> like that's, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm always trying to level it's up and very difficult.
1: <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. and, <laughs> well, but and at the same time, and the thing is you're, you, you know,
1: uh, it, when people ask you to blurb something or promote their Kickstarter, and I get a lot of that. I have to say, I got a lot of unsolicited DMS, like saying, Hey man, retweet yep. my thing. And it's like, I have a reputation, <laughs> like you yeah. know, like I, you don't want to say it's like I haven't read your book, and honestly, right. the one page of art you've sent me, yeah. send that kid back to the Cubert School because he's not done uh, learning yeah. how to draw comic books, and uh, you know you don't want to be mean, but at the same, it's an interesting thing because the the cold sub the the cold solicitation thing. I am not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of receiving them. If you have some like bulletproof work, maybe it's worth doing. But I more often than not, I got a solicitation the other day from a PR firm that wanted to help me out, you know, help cut me out of the, the grim corporate world that I'm in. but I like so first mm-hmm. off doesn't know who I am. Doesn't, didn't Google me, like found my name randomly on LinkedIn or whatever and decided to, and then I looked at, and this was an email. This wasn't on Twitter. They're a PR firm. This is just one of my private, like nothing drives me crazier than this. The PR firm that wanted to me to hire them to expand my reach has 1,000 <laughs> Twitter followers.
3: Yeah, I love it. I, I have I 11,000 t- 11,
1: Twitter followers and I wanted to write them back and say, you should pay me to tell you how to grow your Twitter presence. Cause clearly I am 10 times better at it than you are. Like there are things that are demonstrable through numbers. There are things that are a bit like I'm a better writer. That's a vague thing. That's unquantifiable. Reach on Twitter is a quantifiable thing. It's there's a number it's right there on the page. You have your number. Your number is 10,000 lower than my number. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're, you're bad at this like you know you're not you know or at least certainly you're not good enough at it to tell me that I should hire you to teach me how to do the thing I'm doing 10 times better than you and that, you know I'm sorry for how that sounds but it's just like when you're coming at me saying I'm a PR firm and I can help you out maybe have like sh- like and I looked at their tweets one like no likes yeah one like and I'm like Guys.
3: <laughs> what are you what product are you selling me here exactly? You know. Yeah. Those, those solicits can definitely be exhausting. My favorite is when it starts out, Hey, I love, I love you guys on the show. it's like, well, you fucking lost me. Cause I mean, I might be all over the place, but I'm just one person. Like, <laughs> I mean, who is you guys? Like, it's just right. me. And if you listen to the show, you know, like there's nobody, there's clearly, I clearly don't have any help doing this. I mean, it's just yeah. one guy just, you know? And so, yeah, no, those, I mean, it's, it's it's kind of cool, you know, you know. It's just like a low level podcast having people reach out to you, but at the same time, it's like, fuck, man. If you really want this, at least put in the effort. Like, listen to one yeah. goddamn episode. Yeah. You know yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, when
1: I got a, a different PR for the, the the gray corporate world. One was also like, quit your day job, and I'm like, <laughs> have you have you seen? <laughs> like, do you know? Uh, I got I got one. I haven't had a. That. <laughs> I haven't had a day job since ni- nineteen ninety two, man. Like, sorry, <laughs>
4: fucking great. Like
1: my show, my whole outlet
4: is called Blake's Buzz. My fucking name is in it, and I right. had someone. I had someone cold DM me and called me Shane, and they're like, Shane, really dig your stuff. Like, uh, and so I actually Do did you this. Though? yeah right I I actually tweeted this out as like to help other people because I remember being in grad school and submitting stories for publications right and like you first of all you needed to kind of know where you're submitting stuff just like if you're pitching to publishers right right? if this publisher only publishes like romance and sci-fi and you're sending them horror probably isn't a good fit you got to do a little bit of research to try and sell your product so all I, I tweeted out and I was like hey I was like if you're gonna you know, cold call people and, and ask us to take the time out of our day and look at your comic and, and not only look at it, this is what aggravates me about Kickstarter sometimes is because I feel like a lot of times Kickstarter is like Blake, you're awesome. I want to come on your show. I want you to spend an hour and a half and interview me. All right. And I want, I want you to tweet about it a lot. I want you to retweet all my tweets, right? Support me. We're friends now. And then I want you to can you back it too? Can you pay me to do all this work for me? And I feel like that a lot. And, and that is, gotten me in a weird place with kickstarter like my new view on kickstarter is like if i know you and you're a friend of the show like i'll I'll let i'll make time to have you on but other than that i'm being a little more picky and guess what that got me that got me fucking andy diggle with a 1.4 million dollar boom campaign for the expanse and like that was awesome right and so like i'm i'm leveling up and and i still get a lot of people that that are like oh, like, I don't even, like, we've never even talked, and it does, it gets aggravating. But anyway, so I, I get on Twitter, and I tell everybody, I was like, hey, make sure that you call people by the right name. Use the right name for the show, right? And I pissed off a whole blog. A whole blog came after me. They called me, like, an entitled white boy reviewer. They called me all this shit, and then they, oh, man, they tried to spend some, like, anti, they tried to put me in a bad place, and I, I was legit, like... Got kind of scared of like, I didn't think I was going to get canceled, but I was just like, oh my God, like (laughs) people believe it. This guy used to work for CBR. I like really looked up to him. He, he told me at one time that he really liked my reviews and I, I like, it really meant a lot to me. And like his platform was cool. And but yeah, all, all I, I was like, you know, and I started making a joke. I even changed my Twitter name for, uh, to Shane says instead of Blake's buzz for like a week nice. and, and so like I, but I, you know, I was a kind of a smart ass about it, but I really put that advice out there to help people to say like, Hey, double check your mass emails. Yeah. I have to do the same. I have a form email. I send to publishers and I re I replace the publisher name and I add a few of their titles yeah. in it that I liked and then ask for review copies. Right. But other than that, like no, it's literally very similar.
1: Yeah. It's, it's literally, it's, it's like online dating. There are people who, th- <laughs> you know, there, there, there are dudes. I hear this from women. There are dudes who like are just going to send a message in an online de- dating space. That's hi, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like no response to something in their profile. Yeah. No one, you know, when I used to do that 20 years ago, what I would hear from women were like, so you're the only person that sent me something with a complete sentence and right? referred to anything in my personal profile. Yeah. I'm like, Gee, I thought that's, that's salesmanship 101. You know, you look <laughs> at the person you're trying to sell to and you find something to say about mm-hmm. them. You know, uh, I've talked about this a million times on the show before, but I'm sort of obsessed with the concept of networking and how people get it wrong. And number one, I think it's a number one rule of getting through life. Honestly, is know your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Know what yeah, joke's yeah. going to work. Know what joke's not going to work. Know what to say. You know, know what, who they are, if you possibly can, before you open your mouth. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, sometimes it's just you know. so simple too. I, I, I mean, it's our, our, our friend, Charlie Stickney, was for a hmm. couple of years, the, the um, you know, uh, I, I, he helped run, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Scout Comics, Scout. excuse me. I, I'm having a brain fart here. Um, uh, but Charlie would, from time to time, text me a screenshot from a submission and it would be like, "Dear Boom Studios editors, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just just got this in my inbox. You know what I'm saying? And it would happen like it would happen like once every two weeks or something like that. You know, um, it's, just, yeah. it's just 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 crazy. You know? And uh, and by the
1: way, lest you think that this is a lest you think that this is a a specific thing to a certain kind of person in a certain industry." My brother-in-law was a studio executive and he was actually the studio executive who thought it would be a great idea for Adam Sandler to make movies instead of just being on Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. And he was the like lead executive on the first three Adam Sandler movies. And he was up for a very prestigious job running development. I will not name the company, but it was a huge company of sitcom people trying to get into the movie making business. He was on his like third or fourth interview when he was finally meeting with the heads of the company. And they said to him, we just want to make a certain kind of movie. And we want to know if you are the person who can make that kind of movie. We want to make movies like Billy Madison. And we really need to know if you are the kind of person who could make a movie like uh. Billy Madison. And he, he had to go like, I, I, I made Billy Madison. <laughs> <Like> I, <laughs> I, I, I'm exactly the kind of guy. Cause I'm, and, and he, you know, and the thing that I said to him at the time was, how are you even in that meeting if they don't know that part of your resume? Yeah. Like, did no, did no, you know, like we all, th- th- these are people with assistants. Did they not say as they were walking into the room, this is the guy from Universal who worked on the Adam Sandler movies. That's why you're meeting with him. <laughs> like The fact that they were sitting there in the meeting, we need to know, Ridley Scott, <laughs> can you make a horror space movie is that a thing you ridley scott can do we're thinking about something with an alien that kills people on a <laughs> spaceship is that your kind of thing we need to know that about you like who does like we all have resume and again in the 21st century it's fucking unforg- unforgivable because yeah just, i have an unusual name i i have, a, I have an unusual him. name there are 10 pages of google on me before you get to the other guy the other david Avalone, who's not me so like, come on guys, it's not, it's, it's not that hard, but yeah, yeah. Th- the people who have not done their homework and I, I will admit, I've been on podcasts where I could tell even the nice, po- I've been on a couple of podcasts where I could tell they had never read an issue of anything and they, they had Googled, that but they crazy. hadn't actually read an issue
0: yeah yeah. why why take an hour and a half of your life
1: (laughs) like brian
4: has anyone ever told you that i I, a couple people have told me this recently and and they were like like in the green room afterwards and they were just like they're like blake can i just say like how i really appreciate that you like actually read the stuff and like and you like know my books and you can you can talk about them and 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 i can tell that you read them and you can cite specific moments where like the story really gripped you and and i was just like i was like people don't do that and it's it's like bigger yeah it's it sounds like it's some of the bigger outlets too right that like where we would like to be and where we would get to one day and so it's just like you work really fucking hard and then you get there and then you just like have people on and don't don't read anything they're, they're just guests.
3: yeah they're just pumping downloads by getting the big name on there like yeah. oh okay I've got, yeah. I've got tom taylor on my podcast and i know i'm gonna get a shit ton of whatever it doesn't matter what i talk about they're gonna tune in and listen to it right. yeah. i've got them here like well, i mean yeah that's it but the, 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 but the, you can you know at the, the other person can always tell oh yeah. they can oh, always yeah, tell totally. by the
1: you can you can tell by the questions you know especially yeah. like when i do Interviews about Alvira. The people who haven't read the books are like the question is, what is Cassandra Peterson really like? The people who have read the books, it's usually like, so in issue one, was that supposed to be like, you know, was that George Hamilton on the first page of the first issue as the Dracula right. guy? Was that Love it for? Was that a Love it first bite reference? Like the people who have read it have questions about what they read, yeah. uh, and they want to take that opportunity to go, is this the thing that I thought it was? Um,
3: and, yeah, and uh, the, the, like I and said, that's what I got into this man is I want to, you know, I don't yeah. want to wait around for fan expo Denver every year to like, hope that the creator that I want to ask these questions to shows up and, you mm. know, is coming to Colorado, I, like, I, I'm not going to take right. that chance. I'm going to use that opportunity to talk to them. Like I had unlimited time at a con and, you know, yeah. I, I, I want to get all, cause I, I'm sure even if other, my listeners don't know, they have these questions, um, I'm gonna get some good shit out of this, you know. I, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm, and I, uh, I don't know. I just don't understand why so many other podcasts squander this beautiful opportunity. Uh, because it, it, this is this is the life, man. I mean, I've, yeah. I mean, my my first year, I, I like I had two two people. I, I told myself if there's two people, I can get on my podcast when I started here. I, I, I don't have to try anymore, and. One of them I got within the first six months, and then the other one by the end of the year. Like I, I got John Layman and Rob Guillory on my fucking podcast. And part of the reason nice. I don't have a co-host anymore was because I told him that. So I'm, we're, I'm we're, we I had done my first interview with somebody. Um, and shout out to Doug Diggins on the Nefarious Smiths, who's now still going. And uh, because I was the first interview or the first podcast that he'd ever been on, I was the first time he ever promoted his book and the 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 excitement he got out of that out of me being able to interview him and give him like a real talk about his comic that Mm -hmm. no one's ever heard of before i mean he sent me the pages the pdf backwards like you know i mean he he had no idea but i knew what he had was good and you know um so i i i got that just like that taste that taste of blood in my mouth like i i want I want to do this more. And I mean, I told my co-host that and he was like, good luck, dude. I'm like, Oh, so you don't believe in the product. We got to go, man. We got to go. And then here we are. I mean, Ryland's been on the show six times now. I've had David Avalon. I've I've, I've had some amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing people on my show. People that are on my Mount Rushmore of comics. And it's. Yeah. uh, (sighs) Honestly, us too. And some of the,
1: Ironically, like, and this is such a truism across show business. Some of the people that I was the most like, oh, they're too big; they're never gonna, you know, they don't know who I am; they don't care. Uh, have been the most like, oh, cool, dude, yeah, I love to do it. And the <laughs> oh, people sure. who are like very mid mid level, not in like like yeah, no, that'd be a good guest. Are like, oh, let me get back to you in five months. Yeah. It's like really, yeah, I really See, are that people was really my with beating down to your door to be on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Like a that? lot of kickstarter a lot of kickstarter people these days are acting i don't want to talk tons of crap on kickstarter but like they're it, like i said there's there's like a there's they're, they're very demanding and and at times yeah. i'm like yeah. i'm like and I, i'm not talking about people like like rylan doing a kickstarter right or, or or like charlie when charlie stickney does a kickstarter like he, he is so gracious, right? And and he, but he's the same way. Like you guys come on a show and you bring your audience too, right? You, mm-hmm. you have a following right. people like you, you, people, they're going to watch the show. Uh, they, you know, may, maybe won't tune in live, but we'll watch it later. And my YouTube channel will be better for it. And so like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just, it, it boggles my mind. I like this, this one guy wanted to come on the show and, and wouldn't give me a, a PDF to read. And he was like, everything on the Kickstarter page should be all you need. And he kind of like talked down to me. And so like, I quit responding to his emails yeah. and, and like, I just, I'm seeing more of that. And I get that they're hungry, right? I get that they got this dream and they got this book and they want to make it happen. But you know, a lot of us like, I'm unemployed right now but you know a lot of the time I've done this I had a day job right so I'm working eight or nine hours and then I get off work I get an hour right to maybe have a drink and and chill and pet my dog and then do an hour and a half to two hour interview after that that's my day you get off work at seven o'clock at night The interview ends at nine or nine thirty you eat something maybe watch something or Probably read something for tomorrow's interview because I'm dumb and douche- right. I can't tell people no, so I do live streams like like this week. I did I did Blake and Cole read a book on Tuesday nights, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I've got live streams. Uh, yeah. just because I'm trying to. Yeah, now
0: you're doing this. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, I, I wasn't gonna
4: like I wasn't gonna tell Rylan no. Like I there's been two times where I've been asked to come on a podcast, and they were both insanely fun. And the first time was I was very new, and it was Kevin Joseph had me come on explain yourself. Just, good, to kinda, yeah. just to kind of just to kind of i didn't I, I didn't have a comic book or anything to promote he just like we hit it off and liked talking and, and he was like come on and be a co-host and talk about the other books we're talking about and i was so like okay.
0: it's a good guy and it's a fun show so yeah. yeah if you haven't tuned in to explain yourself they have these uh kickstarter roundtables every week and yeah. they do some other stuff too and they they have great people on it yeah, I, I did that show uh for the first time for for the slash jump campaign yeah, you were on that long ago yeah 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 ago. yeah
4: um but yeah so and then and then now it's now it's you guys there there was a long time guys where i didn't think people liked me and i thought i was hard to work with and difficult and like especially with my previous experience with podcasts that i quit and i i feel like i quit for good reasons because I, wa- I wasn't I was treated poorly you know or, or i was treated poorly and and you know uh the same reason why i quit my job it was like your opinions and feelings don't matter you're just a little drone we don't give a shit about you and i i couldn't do it anymore and and you know like a lot of my friends have shows and and they do collabs and stuff together. And I, I've always been left out of that. And so I always, I, I was kind of self-conscious about it. Right. And, and of course, of course, I don't, even though part of me wanted to like, so, you know, sometimes you think about like, you know, Oh, well, Hey, yeah, if you guys ever want like someone else, like I'm here. And then I'm like, I'm like the nerdy kid on the side of the playground. Like, like I can play basketball too. You know, like I can dribble. It'll be fun. Like and I was like, that eh, sound like a sound like a little piss baby. I don't want to do that. Like, and so, yeah, it's, it, it was very cool to get, it's very nice to get invited to, to stuff like this. And it, it's, and to, you know, not just be, not just to be recognized for having a platform and for you guys to say that we do a good job, which feels great. But just to say like, you guys are fun, good people, you know how to rock a mic. And like, we would love to have you on our show to make a good episode. And it just like, felt, it felt, felt really good.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, as an overall thing, uh, in what I like to call the professional arts and what we can call show business, the trickiest part, but you know, and this may just be life in general, the trickiest part is always finding the tribe is finding the community. And sometimes you'll find like, I'll be on the person that introduced me into the comic book community was very toxic actually. And I thought very different things about them at the time. And then as I got into the industry and we had a falling out, I felt pretty bad about that falling out and then I met so many people who were like, Oh, that person's toxic. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't you people tell me that? And they're like, well, you seemed nice. So, <clears throat> um, you, you, figured it out in time, but, uh, but figuring out who's toxic and who's going to be more interested in tearing you down than building things with you, you know, and it's, you know, it, you can, you can still make mistakes sociopaths are very good at covering their tracks and they're very good Mm. at you know coming at you with things they think you want and need and that will make you a happy person so just to say though that you know blake it take it takes a while to find the people who don't make you feel like you're getting picked last at kickball yeah and you always deserve not being around people who make you feel that way, The world is full of people who won't make you feel that way, and the trick is to find yeah. them and be with them, you know, and I think we all have similar so stories. Brian
0: had a partner Brian had a partner that he cut loose, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know we're um we're seeing it in comics, you know, I mean, i I worked with traditional publishers for for a good long while. Charlie Stickney worked with traditional publishers for a good, long while. Yeah. And then at some point you realize like, this game kind of sucks. A lot of these people suck. Um, these people over here don't suck. I'm going to keep them close, but I can do this on my own and I don't have to deal with any of this bullshit. So screw you. I'll be over here. Um, (laughs) and, and, you know, whatever it's like, I, I, I can, you know, I can, um, I can put a book in a comic shop and a bunch of people will read it and I'll make you know very little money on it and, and 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 i'll feel gross and i'll feel like i got put through the yeah. ringer or i can put a book on kickstarter uh fewer people will read it but i'll make a good chunk of change on it uh uh everybody who reads it is enthusiastic and awesome and i'll feel like i just went to the greatest party ever um why would i do the other thing yeah. i i yeah. don't understand it's it, it's it's ego and and i'm worried about a number or something yeah. like that like yeah. why why?
3: did you hear about this 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 uh story that just broke today about this pub uh this new publisher that's kind of creator owned that's gonna start like yes distillery it's my it's
1: it's it's my old buddy chip and i i kind of want to kind of want to reach out to chip and say hey man
4: that's what i Uh, do and then
1: i remember all of this stuff that i owe and that i'm behind on and deadlines and go don't (laughs) you know wait a month and then reach out to chip (laughs) and see if he's got anything for you Maybe not right now on Chip. Uh, I will never, <laughs> as a writer, complain about having too much work to do because I remember many years of staring at the walls and nobody wanted anything that I had to mm. sell or buy. But yeah, no, Chip's a good guy. And I. Uh, some people I very much admire, like Mark Bernadine, uh, are, are making books over there.
3: Um,
1: yeah, so I, I think I'm, this is I'm huge. Good, it's a huge evolution. I,
3: I, I think it's like the, the a nice... I don't know a nice medium between, you know, your standard publishing and Kickstarter. Like it's, yep. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I've i got a good feeling about this and I have a feeling that, I don't know. It's, I think there's going to be some publishers that are like or, like, or some big time, you know, like big two creators are like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yep. You know, I mean, I, well, I mean, that's, I you have, know, that, that's like a substack. That's, exactly. That's what Kevin did
1: with Tundra. No. you know and it didn't it it didn't ultimately work out in the end because the publishers the other a lot of reasons but among them the big two publishers weren't too crazy about him hoovering up alan moore and mm. <laughs> bill sinkevich and you know dave mckean and you know like everybody suddenly was doing a, a book for tundra and wasn't doing it for dc or marvel anymore and uh you know that can that can build the rap, but it was a very different media landscape in the early nineties than it is now. There isn't really that exclusivity thing with the big two the way there was back then. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it, it it is a brave new world out there and there are so many uh, opportunities for people and, you know, opportunities for people to do podcasts and to do, you know there's there's a lot there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot to report on and you know they're really the quote-unquote legitimate comics press there
3: doesn't feel like there's a lot of it
1: <laughs> ultimately I mean, it's, like it's, it's, it's i don't so know if you got...
3: click 80 too like that that's the thing yeah. that you know a lot of it yeah. you know i i want to follow the big you know the, the people that you know you think we should be following and then you click on something it's like what the fuck did i just get out of this article like yeah. you just I, I, there is literally nothing to be learned well, from yeah, this article, other than you read a yeah. a part of a book, maybe. Not even totally sure yeah. of that. Like it's, it's and navigating
4: the ads. Well, and, like I like. Oh my god! Some of those bigger. Yeah, ones that sites, can be like it's. it's but it's also the thing. Like,
1: we we were talking about like you know, talking to people you admire and having uh, questions of into them imagine being a big film fan and you're interviewing Martin Scorsese and you want to ask him if he saw Thor Ragnarok, (laughs) like imagine squandering the opportunity so that you can get the headline where he goes, Oh, I haven't seen that. And you turn that into all comic book movies are crap says Martin Scorsese. You know what I mean? uh Like, because that like the way they keep asking 90 year old film legends about Marvel movies Right. Francis Ford Coppola hasn't seen Endgame guys. Come on. Right. Come on. Like don't don't ask Francis Fran- and if you're gonna ask about Francis, you know, ask uh the Russo brothers about Jack where Peggy Sue got married. Like is is anybody having that conversation about uh the, the not great uh uh scr- the Coppola movies out there? But yeah, it's just the the clickbait thing is really tiresome yeah, it, it, it really as opposed like to having an interesting
3: conversation yeah right yeah no the, the, yeah. uh it is it's a, it's a it's a cheat code to just like take a and B that would I mean never work together and be like oh no the, yeah. so and it's, it's it, but you know that I mean fuck we're still talking about that goddamn thing that he may or may not have actually said 2 years ago <laughs> you yeah. know it's well and but I will I will say this I do think
1: that audiences it hasn't happened yet I actually literally think media li- literacy is something that needs to now be taught in like grammar school mm. but I do think that we're slowly getting to a point where you'll see a headline that's like "Dennis Villeneuve hates science fiction novels and you go i bet he didn't actually say that (laughs) i bet if you dig into the interview that is a gross miss you know uh you know david lynch hates star trek what you know whatever they've done to make you click the article it's like i bet that's just so that i can find the piece where he says I've never watched Discovery. Oh, he like whatever David Lynch said that they were able to then soundbite to. Amazon. And by the way, David Lynch has no, really? never said anything about Star Trek. I'm using that as a purposely ridiculous <laughs> example.
0: You, 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 you did slip in a very good David Lynch impression there. Though. Thank that, you. That a, Thank yeah, you. I've been great.
1: working on it since only the late eighties. So, you know, it had better be at least very good. Thank you. So, Ryland. Uh, very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I miss him doing the weather report. Well, we should uh, we should wrap up. But uh, Blake, tell people where they can find you and uh, where yeah where they can find you and when on the internet.
4: Yeah, um, I I try and do an episode every Sunday or Wednesday of a traditional podcast like interview episode. Um, and then usually, you know, during the week, I do a live stream or two. I'm trying to I'm trying to get the YouTube channel uh, expand the YouTube channel. Uh, you can go to YouTube slash YouTube.com slash at Blake's Buzz. Uh, pretty much, if you Google Blake's Buzz, I very was. Lucky in picking my name and it it's the only thing that comes up when you google it. Uh Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh at Blake's Buzz. You can find me Facebook at Blake's Buzz. I got a, a Blake's Buzz page on there. And uh, my sub stack is easy too. You go to Blakesbuzz.com, it'll take you to my substack. That's where I post my comic book reviews and it's free right now. Um, and um, and then I got the you go if if you do want to support the show, I got the Patreon. At Blake's Buzz, shocker, right? um But yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm very very easy to find. I'm all over the internet. I'm always excited mm-hmm. to talk comic books with with new people, and and uh I've always got something new to read to talk about. So if, if you guys are ever you Great. know thirsty for something new, you come find me.
0: So so it's like he said. It's Great. at at Shane says, uh, <laughs> check it
4: out.
0: Great.
1: I do some awesome. sometimes. I think about like if the internet had existed in 1961. Like, would The Who have thought The Who was a really good name for a band? <laughs> like, that is un Google. Like, you can Google it now because they're already famous. But if they were not famous and you tried to Google The Who, that would probably yeah. be very hard to just starting out, you know, like Boston. Would Boston have really chosen that as the name of a band? Like, I don't know. I got 30 pages of maps of a major American city, but I don't know anything about the the rock band. (laughs) A whole bunch of
4: birds. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Eagles. I'm getting a lot about wildlife, but nothing about take it easy. Uh, Brian, tell tell the kids at
3: home where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you could, uh, Google cheers to comics and I'm under cheers to comics under, or under all social media platforms with the exception of Instagram turns out, um, a couple years before I decided to do this, somebody else had the same idea to start a comic book podcast called Cheers to Comics that made it to zero episodes. They just have the fucking Instagram tag. Um, <laughs> one poster, one picture of them drinking <laughs> beer. That's it. Um, oh, so on Instagram, it's the Cheers to Comics podcast. But other than that, everywhere else, TikTok, Twitter, um, I, I have a awesome facebook group as well that i welcome uh, a lot of creators to come in and promote their books um you know and i only let quality come through uh, as far as that goes so if you're looking for quality um uh, creator owned stuff or creator promoted stuff then the cheers to comics facebook group is the place to go and if you're a creator yourself that wants a a, a safe place to promote then yeah um the join the cheers to comics facebook group uh, the store website is shop to comics.com right now. That's currently um, under construction. It is still active, but I'm in the process of moving over hosts. So I'm not uploading new material uh, or new product on there, but I've still got thousands of books um, and inventory Great. there. If you want to check that out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I do uh, my pull list priority episodes on Thursdays. Occasionally they're live streamed. It just kind of depends on, the internet um but uh mm-hmm. other than that you yeah uh polis priorities are weekly um it gives you a, at least enough or at least a few days to before the foc to go through and make your picks and all of that and then creator corners it's whenever it's convenient for the creators um uh, you know they, yeah, yeah so it's and they're, they're sporadic but you never know like i i i get some pretty amazing people that come through and reach out and say yes so i'm i'm yeah (laughs) you never know what you're gonna get as far as those shows so it's fun stuff Uh, but yeah i think that's about it cool and Ryland,
0: i am at Ryland grant on all forms of social media that is r-y-l-e-n-d-g-r-a-n-t if you are listening um I spell it always because it's not a real name my parents drunkenly arranged letters and saddled me with it and so it's now my nephew's to, name now I have to spell it for everybody but with it's an a, a, a
1: right it's usually with an A
3: you know Ryland. I don't know
0: yeah yeah I, 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 Irish surname <laughs> with an A um, but uh, you know yeah, so again you can find me on all forms of social media there uh, you can also find me uh, on 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 each of these uh, these podcasts here, these these very great podcasts, if you would like to maybe start listening, maybe that's a good place to do go to, uh, you know, go to the Blake's Buzz site, go to the Cheers to Comics site and find the Rylan Grant episode, find the David Avaloni episode. Uh, once Blake does one, uh, um, <laughs> um, uh, great shows, great conversations again. Like I, um, uh, you know, these guys get me to, to talk about some pretty fun and, you know, pretty, uh, uh crazy stuff sometimes. So, uh, you know, if, if you want to see a different side of me, you'll certainly find it there. Um, if you missed out on the Kickstarter campaign for the jump three, um, we will have our backer kit shop open up. Uh, open pretty shortly. So depending on when you're listening, listening to this, it may already be open. Uh, that'll most likely be at the jump, uh, uh the jump three dot So go check that out. Um, if that doesn't get you there for whatever reason, uh, hit my social media and, and, and you'll find an easy link there. But yeah, bring us on home.
1: Uh, uh I am the easily Google David Avalone. My, my website is David Avalone freelance for reasons <laughs> similar to Brian's. Um, I searched to see if DavidAvalone.com was available, like in the early aughts from GoDaddy.com. You know what GoDaddy.com does if you search for a domain name and don't buy it?
4: They buy it.
1: They squat on it. <laughs> so when I went back a decade later and went, yeah, I'm trying. It's time for me to have a website. GoDaddy was like, you can pay us $10,000. I said, oh you can God. sit on it. Wow. So. Uh, David freelance.com for a lot of reasons, but a friend of mine pointed out that, uh, that was, that's was that been on my business cards for 40 years, mm. 35 years, David Avalone Freelance. So, like, anyone who I've ever handed a business card is used to that being my last name, Freelance. Um, and it's certainly how I define myself. Uh, the book, uh, Elvira and Monsterland, number one, comes out mid-May. I will definitely do... Blake and Brian shows again before it comes out uh and and start hyping that up that's going to be a 5 issue series with dynamite um and uh there's other stuff in the pipeline that is super exciting that I can't really talk about but uh might have a new image book coming out you know mm, might be a thing no big happening. deal no big deal no, not a big deal Can't really, you know, but there there's there's some there's some things on the horizon that I'm hoping uh, I'll work out. uh, Very cool. Hopefully by Comic-Con, we'll we'll have all this stuff uh, announceable. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Blake and Brian, for being on the show. It was really great talking to you guys. Same, and we will you see you so on the next
3: exciting episode. Yeah, it's been an honor. Cheers. That was Cheers. fucking awesome. <laughs>
0: Take it easy, guys. If you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to smash that like button. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or other fine purveyors of ear crack, please leave us a five-star review. And wherever you're watching and or listening, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We'll see you back here next week for more Madcap Hijinks on the Writer's Block.